ഹമ്മദില്ലാഹിമുഹമ്മദുഹുസ്ഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹു
to Syria and Dimashq became the capital of the entire Islamic empire during his time and the Amir of the Muslims at that time was living in Dimashq and he was Hadrati Amir Muawiyah and that is why Sham is known as Syria and that area Dimashq where Hadrati Amir Muawiyah had taken up residence as mentioned earlier on that many many great great Mujahideen great great scholars are resting in Syria Hadrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an is resting in Syria the Muazzin of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam his partner Hadrat Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum is resting in Syria also the great warrior Fatih Sham the one who conquered Sham Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an who is at Maqam Hims an area known as Hims Sayfum min suyufillah the sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah you hear the name every Friday in the khutbah alhamdulillah walikulli ummatin aminun wa aminu hadhi al-ummati Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam has said that every community has someone who is trustworthy. Amin was the name given to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by the Meccans, the Kuffar at that time before Nabuwat was given to him. He was known as Muhammad al-Amin. And that title later on was transferred to Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah. These are the words of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. <coughs> وَأَمِينُ هَذِي الْأُمَّةِ أَبُوْ عُبَيْدَةُ بْنُ الْجَرَّاهِ And he is also resting in Syria, in Dimashq, a great mujahid. Also in Syria is one companion whose name is Hazrat Dahya bin Kalbi رضي الله تعالى Famously known for his beauty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him incredible, incredible khubsurti, incredible beauty. He was so beautiful that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam had appointed him to go towards Qasr with the royal letter that was written by Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and when Qasr saw Hazrat Dahya bin Kalbi radiallahu ta'ala he just stood there for a moment looking at the beautiful face of Hazrat Dahya bin Kalbi radiallahu ta'ala they said that when he would walk in the streets of Madinatul Munawwara, all the women would come out to look at him. But then one must remember that this was in the early stages when later on, Alhamdulillah, when the ayat of hijab came along, Subhanallah, and slowly when the tarbiyat was done, full, Alhamdulillah, implement, uh, full Sharia laws were implemented and everyone respected the ayat of hijab at that time. But he was very, very beautiful. It is said that Kana Jibreel Ya'tin Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Fi Suratihi Ahyanan His face was so beautiful that even Jibreel Amin When he would come in front of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He would have the face of Dahya bin Kalb So many times the companions would be there And they would think that it is Dahya bin Kalbi And they would speak to him and touch him And later on Huzur Alaihi Salatu Wasallam would point out to them No, no and that is the time they would understand that this is not Dahya bin Kalbi, it is Hazrat Jibreel, Ameen radiallahu ta'ala. Subhanallah. And this is the power that was given to Jibreel, Ameen. That he could transform, he could come in any shape. This was the na'mah 
it's very hard for anyone to see Hazrat Jibreel Amin in his original form that Allah has created him into. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha also it is said in the hadith when Jibreel Amin would come into her hujra, her room, she was the fortunate one. Absalallahu alayhi wasallam loved her so much and she would often say that even whilst lying uh, in the area where Huzul alayhi salatu wasalam was resting, Hazrat Jibreel Amin would come and reveal the Quran upon Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam in my room. In my room. That was her shan. And she understood everything of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ab sallallahu alayhi wasallam's very last stage of life he passed was also in the room in the hujra of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. And one day Jibreel Amin came and Ab sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to her, Ya Aish, Ya Aish, come here. And one name also that was given to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was Humaira. What name was it? Humaira. Humaira was a name given to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha uh, because of the great love that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam had for her. Humaira was someone who was very beautiful and very very red. And that is the name Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam gave. Some of the ulama have said that uh, with this hadith quoted that one out of the love of his wife can give her a second name out of love can give her a second name out of love but that name should be something that is good otherwise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran you're not to spoil anyone's name it should be a beautiful name a name that is good and Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam said to her, Ya Humaira, and that is why we have, MashaAllah, a lot of girls who come to the Majlisa, Alhamdulillah, even their names are Humaira, because that was the, the title given to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. And Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam called her and said to her, Look, O Aisha, Jibreel Amin is here, and he is giving you salam. So that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was actually looking for Jibreel Amin and Hudud alayhi salatu wa salam could see him. And she said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, how lucky Jibreel is that he can see me and I can't see him. <laughs> he can see me and I can't see him. And Jibreel Amin was looking at her and Ab sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to her, Ya Aish, O Aisha, Jibreel is giving you salams, giving you salam. This was the darja, ma'adullah, astaghfirullah alazim. And the Shias, they talk foul about Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. And this is out of hasad and jealousy. Nothing but hasad and jealousy, astaghfirullah alazim. So Hazrat Dahya bin Kalbi is also resting in Syria. And Jibreel Amin would come fi suratihi ahyanan in the form and in the shape of Hazrat Dahya bin Kalbi radiallahu ta'ala an. He is the same companion one day he gave Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam hadiyah. And what was that hadiyah? That hadiyah was khuffain, the two leather socks. Khuff samashtana, upon which you just have to do masakh. One must remember the masla that it should be leather socks and quite thick. If you go in some parts of the Arab world, 
they have this habit that they just make masaq on the no- normal socks they are wearing, the nylon socks or whatever. And according to the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah alayh, that is not jayil. It should be khuf and there are conditions when you can put them on and when you can do masa on it. And it should be the, the leather socks, mashallah. Brothers who go to jamaat, tabligi jamaat, you will see uh, the brothers involved in the work of jamaat often wearing the khuf. And it is good when you go to suffer, you must wear the khuf so you can make amal on the sunnah of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Hazrat Dahya bin Kalbi radiyallahu ta'ala an, a grand sahabi of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam, is also resting in Syria. Out of women, one of the wives of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam is buried and is resting in Syria, Dimashk, Babu Sagir, in that Qabristan. And that is Hazrat Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha. Umm Habiba was known as Ramala, as Ramala. And then later on when she married Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, she was known as Umm Habiba. The Arabs have that habit that if you have a daughter and a son, that is the title that you, you are given. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam was known as Abu Al-Qasim. The reason is that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam had a son whose name was Qasim. Hazrat Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala an was married to this man whose name was Ubaidullah ibn Jahsh. He was the brother of Zainab binti Jahash. Zainab binti Jahash is the wife of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Zainab binti Jahash, the wife of Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam. Zainab's brother is Ubaidullah ibn Jahash. He was married to Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala an. And again, Hazrat Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha. Her great quality was that she would hate those who were worshipping the idols. And her father Abu Sufyan was the leader of Makkah at that time and no one dared to speak out against him. No one. So much so that he was very very wealthy and rich. He is the one who financed all the wars against Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam in Ghazwe Ahad and in Ghazwe Badr. But yet the daughter did not talk to the father. No relationship. She married Ubaidullah ibn Jahash. The father would very proudly say that no one has a daughter like my daughter. She is the finest daughter in Makkatul Mukarramah. Indicating that she was extremely, extremely beautiful. She married Ubaidullah ibn Jahash and later on she migrated to Abyssinia. When she went to Abyssinia, Allah Kishan, look at the kudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When she got there, she saw a dream that her husband, Ubaidullah, is in the middle of an ocean stranded there, and waves, dark waves are covering him, and his face has become all dark. He is in the middle of the ocean, and Waves are covering his face and his face has become black, very, very dark. Early in the morning, when she woke up, she knew straight away that there is something wrong. That very morning, the husband Ubaidullah ibn Jahsh came to her and said to her that, I am no longer a Muslim, I am a Christian. Ma'adullah. This is the, the Qudrat of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala 
Allah gives hidayat to who He likes, and Allah takes away hidayat from who He likes. It is said that because Fir'aun, when he saw the angels coming to him, he could see the unseen when death comes up, when Ruh comes out, and that is why he said, "Amantu billah." Now I bring iman on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Just for him to utter the words at that time, La ilaha illallah, Musa Rasulullah, and that Musa alayhi salam is the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For him to utter those words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him that time that his body is to be protected. That is what the ulama say. Just for him to say, La ilaha illallah. But his shahada was not accepted because at that time the ruh was taken out. He could see the malaika, he could see malakul maut and the angels were there. So this man, Ubaidullah ibn Jahsh, who was a Muslim, he became a Christian. Because they migrated into a Christian country. Abyssinia at that time, the Najashi king was a Christian, a practicing Christian. And the people living in Abyssinia at that time were all Christian. Look at the Qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here Ubaidullah ibn Jahsh becomes a Christian and on the other side the king of Abyssinia becomes a Muslim. That is why in the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said, when the people of Jannat enter Jannat, they will be stopped on the entrance and the angels will say, look, if you did not follow Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam, this would have been your place in Jahannam. And, the, and Jahannam will open up for him in the front and he will see his position. That if you did not die with Iman, and if you did not have amal salihah this would have been your position. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. And for those who enter Jahannam, they will also be stopped. And at that time the angels will say, Alam ya'atikum nazirun? Did nazir not come to you who is nazir? Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam, The warner. And they will say, Qalu bala ana nazir. Oh certainly, nazir did come. The Qur'an was translated into English, into French, into all the European languages. Everything was there. We heard of the Qur'an, we could hear the Mu'azzin saying Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. We knew of the Muslims, we knew everything. Subhanallah. And this is the name that is given to the Muslims today, terrorists. What is Today, after 10 years, the dog that has been supporting Mr. Blunkett is on retirement. <laughs> and her name, the dog's name is Lucy. <laughs> For 10 years has been with Mr. Blunkett. 10 years. Allah gave hidayat to Mr. Blunkett. But the dog is retiring now. After 10 years. And now, the cousin sister will be looking after Mr. Blanket. Have you heard of that? No? It's staying in the news. Radio Miss Subhan. I've seen it. Subhanallah Razim. Allah Tishan. My Razim's dose for the room. My Kakara, the Kisbat, you can Kahasi Mozuchalan. Huh? Nay, Firon. Huh? Here, 
this Ubaidullah ibn Jahsh from Islam became a, a Christian and the Najashi who was the leader of Abyssinia at that time and a staunch Christian Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him hidayat and the husband came to Hazrat Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala in a strange country she only knew how to speak the Arabic language she was not familiar with the vernacular of Abyssinia at that time and he left her no choice he said to her that you either become a Christian or you either leave this country and go to your father and she knew that if I go to the father the father will force me to become a mushrika to worship the idols or otherwise if you stay here I will not support you at all Hazrat Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala entirely dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is said that she stayed all alone in Abyssinia for 10 years Kitne saal? 10 years Allahu Akhelior and she was a wealthy woman father was a very very rich man she came with a lot of wealth when she came to Abyssinia but for 10 years she made sabr and whatever Huzur alayhi salatu was salam does all his actions are by the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one day she was in her house and a lady knocked on her door and she a maid came and she says Ya Umm Habiba I have come from the Najashi king he has sent me here that the, the Prophet of the Muslims Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam has sent you a proposal that you marry him Subhanallah Huzur alayhi salam is in Madinatul Munawwara or Nikah ka paigham to Abyssinia everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمَا يَنْتِكُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam does not do anything from his own impulse everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala she was so happy she had jewelry and she gave all the jewelry to that lady at that time and she says tell the Najashi king that I am happy and I want to marry Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam it is said that in the nikah of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam with Hazrat Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha the meher, the dowry was given by the Najashi king 400 gold coins the highest paid mahar how many? 400 gold coins and this person came to me he says, Malik sahab, I'm in a problem I says, what is your problem? he says, well uh, it's about my dowry I don't want to give my dowry mahal to the woman that I have married because it seems that the future wasn't looking too bright for them they were about to break off so now the father-in-law is pressuring of course the daughter that make sure you take out the dowry from him so I said to him I said my brother just give her the dowry what is the problem I was thinking 100 pounds, 200 pounds, 300 pounds, 400 500 my day though, give it to her what are you going to fight with her for 400, 500 after all you did marry her and the consummation of the marriage did take place Rukhsati took place, you married her, whatever had happened and happened so give her that he says no, it's not a matter of 100, 200, 300, 400 I said, 1000, day though 
is not 1000 more it is 10000 ya allah akbar 10000 i said you must be joking are you joking i said itni nikah maine parai portugal mein i've been performing a lot of nikah and there've been wealthy wealthy mehmans there but nobody has yet given 10000 pounds all businessmen but no I said, making nikah here also, and then you see the register of the nikah, 60 pounds, 70 pounds, 101 pounds, 200 pounds, mere fatimi, 350, 400 pounds, 10,000 pounds, and he says, yes. I said, did you know that you have to pay 10,000 pounds? And he says, yes, but I was pressured. All the, the in-laws told me that just sign, and they said that, look at the figure of dowry, and I saw 10 with a few notes. And I just signed it. I said, your signature is there. I said, well, you have to give her dowry. I said, there is one way, way, way there is a shortcut. Uh, I'll charge you huh? from the 10,000, you have to give me something. I didn't charge. Astaghfirullah. When people come to him for taweez, so many people come for him for taweez. So he said to me once, when people come to you for taweez, don't give them taweez for free. because then they'll always come to you i said hazrat what do you do he says when when they come to me i say to them look you want a taweez no problem what kind of a taweez do you want and i say hazrat what do you mean he says one taweez is for 50 pounds the other one is for 100 pounds the other one is for 250 pounds the other one is for 500 pounds and hazrat is so serious about it and the, and the person in front is saying i'll take the one that's 50 pounds <laughs> allah So 400 gold coins were given at that time the king of Najashi was sitting and the one who was the wakil of Hazrat Umm Habiba Najashi gave it to him that is why dowry is very very important you have to give uh, mahr to the woman when you marry and and the reason for that is that you're not putting a price on that woman the woman is not worth 50 pounds or 100 pounds or 100 astaghfirullah alazim she is more than that she is insan she is khalaq khalaqna al-insana fi ahsan takwin allah created hazrat hawa alayhi salam in jannat from the ribs of hazrat adam alayhi salam there is no price and allah does and there is no such thing that a male is more superior than a female in some cases the female can be more superior than a male every individual is judged by the taqwa but the only reason dowry is given is that huzur alayhi salatu wassalam said when you exchange gifts by giving hadiya muhabbat is born into the heart so this is a gift that you are giving her and that is hadiya and it it does not have to be money it can be anything sahaba ikram ajma'in though there is fiqh ikhtilaf some of the companions made uh, the recitation of the quran a dowry but again is that allowed in the fiqh that is another masla so hazrat umm habiba radiyallahu ta'ala eventually got married to hazrat nabi kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam she is resting in syria and i have also alhamdulillah the photo of her mazar and alhamdulillah she is resting in syria and uh, the syrians at least at least to some extent have uh, preserved the shrines of sahaba ikram ajma'in and if, if these shrines were in saudi arabia on the pretext of everything being bid'at everything would have been bulldozed this is what the saudis are good for anything anything any houses of the companions bulldoze it why by bid'at 
they don't want to bulldoze King Fahad's palace, but they want to astaghfirullah al-azim, desecrate the houses of the companions, the trees, the wells of Sahabai Kiram Azma'een, the wells, subhanallah, sweet water is still there. And what do they do? They put stones inside. Astaghfirullah. There is no nishani of nothing. Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and is in Jannatul Baki. No seerat, no information given to the people of who this great man who is resting in Jannatul Baki was. Everything is bid'ah, bid'ah. You can stand in, in Jannatul Baki and you want to pray and then you have bodyguards there looking at you. No, 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 this is bid'ah. This is as if they are the only people who know sunnah. And the problem with Syria is that the Syrians have protected everything so much in such a way that it is very very close to being bid'ah. It is very very close. So you have the two extremes. When you go to Syria, you feel that, subhanAllah, it's more of a Barelvi type of environment. And when you go to Saudi Arabia, it's, it's the other extreme. Everything, everything becomes a bid'ah. And, and here you have everything, astaghfirullah, when the shrines are made in Syria, what happens if, the, if there is a, a, a male companion, a sahabi resting there, or someone, a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they even make a shape of the amama, like an amama put on, and, and that is all bid'ah, and that is not jayz. Hazrat Ummi Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha is resting. One of the qualities of Hazrat Ummi Habiba is that she would make amal on every hadith she heard from Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is said that she would always read 12 rakats nafal salat in her 24 hours. And she would say to the women folks in her time that I have heard from Huzur alayhi salam that anyone who reads 12 rakats nafal, 2 2 rakats, 12. After any salah, where nafal salat is jayz, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will build for that individual a palace in Jannah. And from he, after hearing that hadith, it has been her habit, every day she reads 12 rakats nafal salat. Allah Rabbul Alameen, mujhe bhi tawfiq de, aap hadrat ko bhi tawfiq de, ke hum is cheez ke upar amal kare. And her mazar in uh, Syria, this is her mazar. The wife of Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So it's a must, it's an opportunity for, for the brothers, mashallah, if Allah has blessed you with wealth to go to Syria and visit the, the Mazar of Sahaba Al-Kiram Ajma'in. And again in Syria, unfortunately, there is this politics also played by Iran. A lot of the Ahl Bayt are resting also in Syria. And anyone who is related to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Ali and who are from the Ahl Bayt, the Iranian government has taken it upon them that they will look after the Mazars and they will spend money. And the Syria and Syrian government, Syria has good ta'alluq with Iran and that freedom is given to them. And you will notice the difference. This is the mazar of one of the Ahl Bayts. One of the Ahl Bayts. The children of Hazrat Ali and, and you can see it, it is all in gold. All in gold. So every mazar when you go there, you will see the Shias there. And in some cases, Maazallah al 
Syria has been so flexible and so easy on them that they have even allowed Iran to build a masjid in that area so the mazar comes inside the masjid and slowly the imam is not a Sunni there he is a Shia imam there and one masjid when we went there Allahu Akbar millions of pounds must have been spent by the Iranian government at that time and when we looked around that Ibadat Khana at that time all it talked about was how important Khilafat is and nothing about Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq ta'ala that is why the Shia Kalema and Sunni Kalema they are two different things Ali Haider Naqwi has recorded the difference between Shia and Sunni Kalema Ali Haider Naqwi is a top alim of the Shia people and he has said that the Shia Kalema is La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah Muhammad Rasulullah Aliyun Waliullah Aliyun Waliullah Wasiya Rasulillah Wa Khalifatuhu Bila Fasl This is the Kalema and this is no exaggeration some people say why do you say that Khojas are not Muslim Ismailis are not Muslims this is the reason that the Kalema does not match the Kalema that was taught by Hazrat Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this is the Sunni Kalema La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give Jazai khair to another great warrior another great warrior who to the people was known as the great Sultan though not a Sahabi not a companion of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but bila shakku shuba without any doubt he was the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he was known to his people as the great sultan and he is known today by the people by the muslims alhamdulillah every muslim child should know his name the great sultan salahuddin ayyubi rahmatullah Allah paakum ki kabar mein karoro karoro rahmate barsaye Allah give him jazai khair he is the one when the Muslims overall ruled Jerusalem for 800 years and when it was taken away from the Muslims after that Umar radiallahu ta'ala and subhanallah again made it an Islamic state Jerusalem it was taken away then for the second time it was Hazrat Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi was a great ashik of sahabai kiram ajma'een great ashik before coming into Syria and uh, that part of the Middle East he was appointed as the Amir in Egypt he was a Kurd what was he? a Kurd, a Kurdish person from Iraq and Iraq has a problem with Kurdistani people he was born a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he ruled Egypt he noticed that the influence of Shiism was very very strong in Egypt so strong my respected brothers that in Juma Khutbah the Imams had omitted the names of Khulafai Rashidin brothers must notice that whenever you go to any masjid for Juma you will hear the Hamdu Sana of Allah and then Durood on Huzur alayhi salatu was salam and then 
praises of Sahaba-i Kiram Ajma'in. Every masjid. Arhamu ummati bi ummati Abu Bakr, wa ashadduhum fi amrillahi Umar, wa ahiyahum Uthman, wa aghzahum Ali. The tertib of Khulafai Rashidin is always mentioned. When he became the Amir of Egypt, he noticed, he went around the mosque, he noticed that slowly, slowly, the shuyukh, who are again not Sunnis, slowly, slowly Shia was taking power, Shiism was taking power in Egypt at that time. The ulama at that time would not mention the names of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. When he came into power, he made it a must in all the masajid and sent his own people to perform Salatul Jumu'ah in all the different mosques and to make sure that the Imams call out the name of Abu Bakr Siddiq. To make sure that they call out the names of Umar Farooq and Hazrat Uthman and Hazrat Ali. His ahsan on the Ummat, Allahu Akbar, can, it's incalculable. As itne ahsanat hai, Hazrat Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi Rahmatullah and this is his mazar. You have two mazars here. This is a fake, what do you call it? There is nothing here. It is the German king who was so pleased with Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi that as a memorial he built something exactly like that in the area where Hazrat Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi is resting. The Mazar of Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi. I don't know what had happened is that I had a lot of pictures of also the Mazar of Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi. And in the last session, the pictures were going out. And when I collected all the pictures, I noticed that Sultan Salahuddin's pictures are not there. Maybe he wants to become Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi. Well, brothers, if you become Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi, you can keep everything. That's what we need. Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi. Oh, hoga. So this is taken from a postcard. Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi's Mazari. And again when you go and enter this room and stand in front of Hazrat Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi and when you read the Quran and when you make Isale Sawab, Allahu Akbar Kabira, the feeling is absolutely different. My respected brothers, a great leader to become a leader of a Muslim country, the ulama have said that Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi, not talking from the companions, but from the people after that, Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi is the best model. He is the best model. Three qualities should be inside a person to become a leader. Is Saddam Hussein fit to be a leader? Have a look. Is Mr. Gaddafi fit to be a leader? Is Musharraf fit to be a leader? A lot of people say, the Maulvi leader bunker kya karenge? What will a Maulana do? What will a Maulana do? Who fears? Who fears the Muslims? To, do you think the Kufar fear Saddam Hussein today? No. Saddam Hussein kya? Kuch bhi nahi. Does the Kufar fear as Arafat? Arafat? No. Arafat is in prison, bichara. What can he do? Does the Kufar fear Musharraf? No, Musharraf. He is scared of the Kufar so much that he went to America. He said that I am a liberal minded person. <laughs> it's not a darpok. Do you think the Kufar fear Gaddafi? Gaddafi was acting so brave. And when two missiles landed in his country, from then on we've never heard of it. 
Never. And his daughter comes to Europe and she's always there in the casino and squandering with millions of pounds. So who fear? Who do the kuffar fear? Who do the kuffar fear? Kuffar fear those people who don't even know how to speak English. Nothing. No university, no nothing. But yet unka naam That is why when you fear Allah, the whole world fears you. You fear Allah, the whole world fears you. But when you don't fear Allah, when you fear insan, you fear everyone. You become their pork. You don't become Khalid bin Walid. You are not the follower of Khalid bin Walid or Ubaidul, Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah or Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi or Umar ibn al-Aziz, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz radiyallahu ta'ala you know, all these companions, you don't Subhanallah oh, Some people when they talk they say to me, oh, what can a Maulana do? And, and this is it They think that if you know English MashaAllah Ji, what a cha'alim hai. He speaks very, very nice English. What a great scholar he is. Did you hear his bayan in English? Did you see the fancy words he was coming out with? Huh? It's, you'd rather sit with a dictionary and listen to him. MashaAllah, he comes from South Africa. What a zabardast alim. He comes from the USA, United States. They've gone mad. What have they gone? They've gone mad. And Allahu Akbar, and it is all coming to that last hour. Everything, the jigsaw puzzle is fitting perfectly well. Perfectly well. Very much time for Imam Mahdi to come out. Very close. Everything is perfect. What is happening to the world? Huh? Something that you can't imagine. But of source ki baat ye hai, non-Muslim countries mein muzahara, Processions and demonstrations are taking place that no war with Iraq and 56 Muslim countries are silent. You think Allah's Musrat will come? In Russia, people are marching on the streets, no war. Rus. In Australia, demonstrations are taking place in Australia, no war in Iraq. But are there demonstrations in Saudi Arabia? Are there demonstrations in Kuwait? Are there? <laughs> Allahu Akbar Kabira, Mere Azizo. What would have been the condition if Hazrat Umar Farooq was alive today? Hmm? What would happen? When that person said that we have just come from Huzur alayhi salatu was salam and he passed his verdict to this person and he was a munafiq, but he was showing Hazrat Umar that he was a Muslim. And he says, Acha, you've been to the Prophet, and that's why you're coming to me. He says, wait, he took out a sword. Without thinking, Bashir Bhai, no thinking. No thinking. Subhanallah. If you are not happy with the fasla of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam, there is no thinking. Uski gardan ko pakar kar ek Sir, yaha, jisam waha. These were the great, great awliyaullah, great, great sahabai kiram And what is happening today, my respected brothers? Kaha se kaha, great model. One of the first qualities, 
for anyone to become a Khalifa or a, an Amir of an Islamic state is that he should be a master of the Quran. A Hafiz of the Quran must know the Tafsir of the Quran. He should be well versed in the Quran. He should be Amil of the Quran. He must know everything of the Quran. And it is said that Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi was such a great Alim. Such a great alim of the Quran, such a great ashik of the Quran. It is said that even if he had to call someone, that by call that soldier from that area, he would recite four rukus of the Quran and then say, call him. Four rukus of the Quran and then he would say, call him. This is the deep love. That is why after Huzur alayhi salatu was salam's demise, جب آپ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم دنیا سے پردہ کر گئے جی اور اگر آدمی استعمال بھی کرے لفظ انتقال تو ادب کے ساتھ انتقل ینتقلو کا معنی یہ ہوتا ہے تو موو فرام ون پلیس ٹو انادر پلیس تو اس اعتبار سے یو سی وین حضور علیہ السلات والسلام انتقال ٹوک پلیس فرام موونگ فرام دس دنیا ٹو دا ہیئر آفٹر ان جنت ہو واز از سکسیسر حضرت ابو بکر صدیق وائی because he was sahibi quran in one night when he read tahajjud 17 kuffar became muslims just by listening to his quran kitne satrad in one session and they told hazrat nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam that tell abu bakr siddiq force him to go to abyssinia because we can't take it when he recites the quran all the young children gather around him we fear that everyone will become muslim and there was this pressure tell him to migrate tell him to go out of makkah this was the power in the recitation of the quran and that is why khilafat was given to him because he knew the quran he was the master of the quran he is a'lamun nas khilafat is given on the basis of quran he is a'lamun nas there was no one in that time in the period of huzur alayhi salatu wasalam from the companion who was more knowledgeable than abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala and he was the khalifa of huzur and that is why after the demise of hazrat abu bakr siddiq that position was given to who hazrat umar farooq and you will notice that all the companions all the great people did khidmat of the quran we recite the whole quran in the month of ramadan and that is the barakah of hazrat umar farooq when he passed the fatwa that everyone should read 20 rakats and it is important that you finish off one quran in the 20 uh, in the 30 days of the month of ramadan ye kiski barakah and even in syria the hand written copy of the quran is still there when hazrat uthman radiyallahu ta'ala and told hazrat zaid radiyallahu ta'ala that make sure you write the quran and he was he had this art in writing subhanallah khattab the wo and he wrote the quran and that copy was sent to syria and it is said that sometimes after asr salat the imam opens up that quran handwritten by hazrat zaid radiyallahu ta'ala master of the quran was hazrat umar farooq and hazrat uthman hazrat usman was famous for quran his death came on reciting the quran he was sahib e quran there was this one buzrug it is said that every day in jannatul baqi a qari sahab from pakistan he would sit in front of the mazar of hazrat usman radiyallahu ta'ala and he was a majzub he was a 
Majzub. It is how would you translate Majzub in English? You don't know. You don't know what it is in Urdu, ne? It's all right. Aap bhi meri tarah ho, main bhi aapki tarah ho. Naqis. Aap mujhe Haji Sahib kaho, main aapko Haji Sahib kahunga. So, ye kya? He was always there in front of the Mazar of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and his Qari Sahib would be there reciting the whole Quran. He was Majzub. Allah ke wali wo thay and someone said to him, Hazrat, every day you come here in front of Hazrat Uthman and you pray the Quran in front of him. He says, I have a connection with Hazrat Uthman. Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and listens to my Quran every day. Listens to my Quran every day. This is spirituality. This is the ta'alluq that the Buzrugani deen has. And Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, again, sahib Quran. A great mufassir of the Quran. So anyone who is the leader today, the first thing you put in front of him is how much of the Quran does he know? Mr. Gaddafi gave a fatwa that remove all the kuls from the Quran. <laughs> remove? And Mr. Saddam once said that we, we Arabs are brothers. <laughs> so what about the Pakistanis and the Hindustanis and the Bangladeshis and our Muslim brothers from Africa? Huh? But only when he saw that he was being pelted in the Gulf War, that is the time he took Tasbih out and he says, no, we are all Muslims. <laughs> what did he say? We are all. But until before then, it was just, نحن إخوان العرب. نحن إخوان العرب. You hear his bayan in the radio. نحن إخوان العرب. We brothers, we Arab brothers, we Arab brothers. What Arab brothers? Right? La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu What was Hazrat Abu Hazrat Bilal radiyallahu ta'ala and who was he? Shu'ab Rumi, Salman Farsi so many companions what were they? Subhanallah al-Azim Imam Bukhari was he an Arab? was he an Arab? Imam Muslim was he an Arab? Imam Tirmizi was he an Arab? Subhanallah Allah makes, takes khidmat from whoever he likes so Hazrat Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi Rahmatullah was Ashik of the Quran and, and some of the stories are mentioned of how much uh, love he had for the Holy Quran. Inshallah we will continue with that in the next session if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen dua kare ke Allah rabbul alameen Allah gives the tawfiq to the Muslim leaders to throw out their bangles and to wear an amama and to become pure Muslims. I am saying that we are all Gunengar. I am speaker, I am also Gunengar. But to sell your religion, to be a sellout, where your brothers are dying in Sistine, and your brothers are dying in Shishan, and your brothers are dying in Kashmir, and your brothers are dying in Bosnia, and your brothers are dying in Iraq, and overall Muslims are being persecuted all over the world and if no one speaks Allahu Akbar How will the Nusrat of Allah come? This is perhaps the most difficult period that the Muslim Ummah is going through the most difficult phase Allahu Akbar Allah gives the tawfiq Allah give courage to the Muslims and we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that at least one should be Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi. Just one. Mu'ana Haq Nawaz Jangwi, when he would do a bayan in Pakistan and the Pakistani government would not allow him to do a bayan. He was such an ashik of the Rasul, he would wear parda. You know the burqa? The, the overlapping burqa? 
And in Pakistan, uh, the police don't touch the woman. They would call a, another woman to see everything, what is happening. And he would sit on the scooter and an announcement would be made that Mawana Haqnawal Jangwi is going to do a bayan in that area. And thousands and thousands of people would be there. Subhanallah. Pakistani people don't get tired. Mm-hmm. After they can, uh, 9.27, people are getting tired now. But you will say, Mawana, you are not like Mawana Haqnawal Jangwi. When you talk, we go to sleep. <laughs> that is okay. I admit, bhai, mera kusur hai, mein kamzor hu, mere andar khami hai. But Allah that you uh, come and sit and make sabr, Allah give you jazai khair. So when he would make a bayan, the police would be there looking for Mawana Haqnawaz Jangwi. Mawana Haqnawaz Jangwi, Mawana Haqnawaz he would wear a padda, all and cover his eyes. And he would come and then slowly his bodyguard would take him near the stage. And people would be wondering, what's this masturat, what's this lady doing here? And slowly Mawana Nawaz in front of the, the, all the people there would remove his chadar and his parda and say, Oh Pakistani police, look at me, I'm here. Are you supposed to stop me from doing a bayan? And subhanAllah, all the public would block all of them. There's no way that anybody can come. And he says, I want all of you to record what I am going to say. Huh? And then he would start a bayan. Oh, what a bayan. How his bayan was. Allah give jazai khair to him. And when he would do a bayan, I remember he would always say, I don't want many people, I just want 313 people. How many people? 313. Why? Because of? Ashabe? Recently, Mufti, uh, Mufti, Tifayatullah Sahib, the short alim, Allah Park, he would always say, Chota admi, choti baat. <laughs> he has passed away, Allah give him jazai khair. Even when he, he had a big madrasa, when he would come for chanda, he would go to the people and say, Bhai, mujhe ziyada nahi chai. Fifteen so tera pound chai. Kitna hai? All I want from you, brother, is 313 pounds. Ashabe, brother. These were great scholars. Allah Rabbul Alameen, give them jazai khair. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Do Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammadin nabiyyil ummi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna mina zalimeen Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afwa wal-afiyata fi dunya wal-akhira Allahumma inna nasaluka min rizaka wal-jannah wa na'udhu bika min gadabika wal-nar sami'na wa ta'ana gufranaka rabbana wa ilika al-masir bi rahmatika ya rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahm